0: Two things. Three things. First of all, I am so going to miss this group of people. Aren't they great? They're the best. Yeah. (laughs) Secondly, I was remiss earlier because I forgot all about saying uh, Happy Mother's Day to our moms and taking a moment to be sure that we give thanks for our parents, our moms, or those women who have been such a nurturing place in our, in our lives. And um, uh, so I hope you have a special Mother's Day. It's one of my favorite stories that, that by the Danish the, uh, theologian, Siren Kierkegaard. He tells a parable about uh, a flock of ducks that lived in a community and um, every Sunday, this flock of ducks waddled to, doc, to Duck Church. I figure it's, they must have lived down here, you know, waddled up the road. And every Sunday morning, the duck preacher would stand before them, and, and he would talk to them about the, the, the majesty of, of flight, how God had blessed them so much with the gift of their wings, and with those wings, there was no place that the ducks couldn't go, no height they couldn't reach. Nothing was impossible. In fact, if they learned to spread their wings, that, that they could fly even to the very presence of God himself. And as the, as the duck preacher got wound up, while well, well, you'd hear some of the ducks quacking, amen, and some of them got even excited and started Flapping their wings, you know, joining. And when he got through, they all told him what a wonderful sermon on on being a duck that he'd preached. And then they waddled back home. Nothing changed, and not one of the ducks flew. I tell that story because I'm afraid that sometimes that parable hits a little too close to home. That the truth is, in many churches, we waddle back home just like we waddled into this place. We are uninspired, unmoved, unchallenged, and unchanged. And I don't believe that was God's intention when it comes to worship. Certainly that wasn't the case of the early church that we've looked at in Acts 2. We read of them gathering uh, every day. We read of them seeing signs and wonders and filled with awe, and we read words like praising God. They were not unmoved, unchallenged, or unchanged. Nor could those words apply the experience of Isaiah. When he went into the temple at a a very uncertain time of his his nation's life, he went into the temple filled with, with anxiety, worried about the future. And as he goes about his routine as the priest, the worship routine, suddenly he has an experience like he has never had before. And he is moved and challenged and changed. That's what happens in in passionate churches. Passionate churches have passionate worship. Worship that that is filled with moments that that attract, that inspire, that, that sometimes challenge, that uplift us that, that change the direction of our lives. And I hope that's what we all are experiencing when we gather in worship at Fountain City. And that really doesn't have anything to do with the style of worship, contemporary, traditional. It doesn't have anything to do with whether we use a lot of liturgy or a little lit- liturgy. It has a whole lot more to do with things like our level of anticipation and expectancy. What do we believe we're going to find in this place? Are our hearts open to a new encounter with the living God? It has a lot more to do with, with our preparation, not only just getting on the Sunday, go to meet and or whatever, But preparing the heart every day of the week by doing worshipful things has a whole lot more to do with our responsiveness. Whether we dare to listen, to hear if God is speaking to me, whether or not we come with an open mind that says maybe God has a different plan for my life, with a readiness to follow him. That is, is is what passionate worship looks like. So let's think of it together for a minute. And and this is the third thing I was gonna say. I'm fully aware of time. Okay? And if you'll bear with me, we'll be out of here in ten minutes and you won't be too late for supper, or for for lunch. (laughs) I hope you're not late for supper. (laughs) But I might start flapping, and we could go. (laughs) All right. Passionate worship always leads us into a new realization of the holy. The fact that we're standing on holy ground the fact that we are seated in a sacred place because this is the abode of God. We meet the living God here. Isaiah Isaiah was just simply going through the routines and suddenly he sees God as he has never seen Him. In the beauty of His holiness and majesty, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Those are the words. He sees God's grandeur. And in certain times, in a world that's rapidly changing, he knows in those moments that God is still high and lifted up, that God is still God and he's in control. And he knows there's reason for hope. We need those moments. Because when we sense God's grandeur, the beauty of God's holiness, those challenges we face, they don't seem nearly as daunting. When we recognize the nearness of God and how God is one who knows where I am and comes to me where I am, longing to embrace me in reassuring and comforting love, The pain isn't so deep. When we get a sense of of what God is doing, we begin to sense possibilities even in the most impossible of circumstances. And instead of crying, woe is me, we're singing the praises that the seraphim sang so long ago. Songs of hope and thanks and praise. And there's not a life in this room that doesn't need those holy moments along the way. Passionate worship is also a transforming experience. Think about THE JOURNEY THAT ISAIAH TAKES. AGAIN, HE COMES TO THE TEMPLE UNCERTAIN. IT'S THE YEAR THAT KING Uzziah DIED. WHAT'S GOING TO HAPPEN TO US NOW? WHO'S EVER NOT ASKED THAT QUESTION OR FELT THAT QUESTION? WHAT'S GOING TO HAPPEN TO ME NOW? HE SEES THE BEAUTY OF GOD, BUT IMMEDIATELY, in sensing the beauty of god he also sees his own filthiness and the first thought is i am undone because i'm a man of unclean or filthy lips i live among a people of of unclean filthy lips he knows that The unholy can't dwell in the presence of the holy. And his whole life, all the blemishes, all the warts, all the scars, all the failures, they're there in front of him. Now, we don't come to worship to experience some kind of spiritual battery, to be beat up over the mistakes we've made. Because all of us have made mistakes and we all gather in this room with the scars of our past and and we all know how far we've fallen. And it's when we gaze upon the holiness, become aware of the holiness of God, that my neediness becomes oh so very clear. And the fact that no matter how hard I try, by myself I'm going to keep missing that mark. But the journey doesn't stop there in Isaiah's moment of worship. Because in the moment that he acknowledges, I'm a sinful man, it is at that very moment that grace pours out from the throne of God. The angel brings the coal and with the coal touches the lips, the very place where he said, I am unclean. And then the angel says, your guilt is removed. I'm taking your uncleanliness away. Isn't that what God always does? Meets us where we are with the grace that completely changes us. That's what... He did when he met that fugitive Moses in in Midian and transformed him to a deliverer. That's what he did when Jesus met the woman at the well with all of the baggage of her past and transformed her into the witness that led an entire village to believe. And that's what God can do In us every day every time we gather in this place knowing that the old is gone the new has come and by the grace of God we can start all over now there's one more piece of passionate worship and this is where it gets really personal Passionate worship always leads us to the place where we hear God's call and respond with our yes. Now, I didn't say we hear God's call. We hear God's call and respond with our yes. As soon as the angel touches his lips with the cold, and tells Isaiah that your sins are forgiven, he hears that calling question. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And he takes a step of faith. Here I am, Lord. You can send me. Churches that are passionate about serving God and worshiping God, are passionate about hearing God's call. Now, it might be to ordained ministry, to becoming a missionary like Cooley and and, and Doug. It might be to be a Sunday school teacher, to sit in the nursery, work in the nursery with our children, to join our choir. It might be to, to offer your experience in some administrative role. But every one of us, has a calling to fulfill. And worship, passionate worship is the place where we hear it and say yes. I love the statement that that Billy Graham made a number of years ago. He said, the highest form of of worship is unselfish Christian service. Now listen to this statement. The greatest form of praise is the sound of consecrated feet seeking the lost and the helpless. I hope that the noise that's heard above all the songs of the angels from this place is the sound of consecrated feet people answering God's call to go and reach out and embrace the lost and the helpless in our community and throughout our world. And we'll continue to do that until the unfinished business of making disciples and changing lives is completed I've shared with you that Sunday morning in August of 1973 up at st. Andrews when in the voice of a of a retired pastor God confirmed his call upon my life to be a United Methodist pastor He didn't have any idea what I'd been dealing with. But when he spoke these words, I knew my life, my life's purpose had changed. And the words were, what the United Methodist Church needs today are young, committed people answering God's call to full-time ministry. That's it. And I can hear it in this moment as clearly as that Sunday morning. And I knew in an instant that in that old man I was hearing God's voice. Now I didn't know what saying yes was going to mean. I didn't know where we'd go. I, I, I didn't know what, what the great churches that I would have a chance to serve. The places in mission that I would be led to be a part of. I I, I didn't know the joys we'd have, the tears we'd shed, or, or, or the miracles that we would see. All I know is that morning in a wonderful worship service, God spoke, and my life found its ultimate meaning. The only way I can describe it More fully is to use the words of Charles Wesley that in that moment my chains fell off, my heart set free, I rose, went forth, and followed Thee. I hope that in this place that chains are fallen off, that our hearts are set free. And that every day when we hear God's calling, that we are more than eager to rise up and to follow. So i got one simple question, and I'm done. This morning, are we going to waddle out of here the way we waddled in? Or this morning, Will God's Spirit, <laughs> oh brother, be the wing, the wind beneath our wings. Will, will God's Spirit lead this church lead you and me to soar to greater things? Amen. Today it's Mother's Day, I told you five after, I was almost there. We're going to sing the first, fifth, and sixth stanzas of Are, And Are We Yet Alive? And, and listen, even though we're only going to sing three, if there's anybody here today and you've never started that journey with Jesus, don't pass this moment by. Or maybe there's somebody here today and And God's been working on you about getting more involved in the church. Maybe God's been working on you about answering a full-time call. Don't walk out of here and ignore it. Or maybe you just need a place to pray. Don't leave here with the burden still in you. As God's Spirit moves, you're invited to come forward. Let's stand together.